It's said that the West was built on legends, tall tales that make us help make sense of things too great or too terrifying to believe. This is the legend of the Ghost Rider. Oh, whoa, what the heck was that? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. I don't know what just happened. Exactly, I guess something just took over and maybe turned into Sam Elliott for a quick moment. So, uh, yeah, I just... Ghost Rider? Why is that on top of my head? Oh, wait, now I remember why it's on the top of my head. Why is it in the front of my brain right now? I just watched the Ghost Rider film, the one from 2007 starring Nicolas Cage, also known as Nicolas Kim Coppola, directed by, if I recall correctly, um, who did it? Um, it was directed by, who was it? Uh, Mark Steven Johnson, who also did the screenplay for it. It also co-stars Wes Bentley, Sam Elliott, Peter Fonda, Donald Noog, and Eva Mendes, I believe I said. And also does star Nicolas Cage, like I mentioned. It was... The screenplay was also done by Mark Steven Johnson, so that's probably a reason on why it wasn't super great. But at the same time, I don't know what to tell you. Because I gotta say, some of his stuff before in the past wasn't bad. So... Yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. But I do know it also... Was... To this day, this movie is one of my all-time favorite Marvel cinematic, like Marvel movies. I don't care if it's not a part of the MCU or what have you, but this movie is still to this day my absolute favorite Marvel movie. You give me one movie to say, like, to ask, is my favorite when it comes to Marvel, whether it's MCU or not. I'm gonna tell you what it is outright. It's Ghost Rider. I have some other favorites like The Punisher and Daredevil, but if I'm choosing just one to watch. Right now, no sequel, no nothing, just one and done. I don't care if it had a sequel or not, but just one and done. It's Ghost Rider. I I don't know how many times I have to tell people that I absolutely love Ghost Rider. It is one of my all time favorites. It actually is the inspiration for one of my original characters that I made for um, a collection of things I was a part of, but I won't mention that now because that's different story for a different time but anyways this movie it may not have been the absolute best it made a little bit of its money back it made about it had a budget of 110 million it made 228.7 at the box office for in millions mind you some people still aren't too happy on it the marketing was pretty good the release like, the reception was okay i guess like i heard it had like a 26 percent rating on rotten tomatoes and it's a sour mix of morose, glum histrionics amidst jockey puns and hammy dialogue. I gotta say, it's not the worst film that ever came out in that decade. Quite the contrary. I gotta say, a lot of it, if I'm honest, was kind of interesting. A lot of it was kind of difficult to comprehend, but I gotta say, Nicolas Cage isn't the best actor in the world. But again, there's some moments where it's a little hammy. There's a little bit of where it's kind of not so good. But I still have to say this movie was better. And you're probably going to think I'm nuts. Better than the the sequel. And it was also better. Better than anything else that was involved when it came to Marvel content later on. If I'm truly honest. Because this is before the MCU was even a thing. 
Now, I'm glad that when the MCU became a thing, they had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they included Ghost Rider in there, but it wasn't the true Ghost Rider that I remember. It wasn't Johnny Blaze. It was Robbie Reyes. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the idea of introducing Robbie Reyes, the new Ghost Rider, at the time that they had into the MCU. That was cool. That was a cool idea. I don't know what they're going to do with this multiverse crap that's going on. I'm, I'm sorry to call it crap, but I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen with anything involving the multiverse. I don't know if they're going to include old characters from the past or have people reprise their roles. Maybe Nick Cage will come back as Ghost Rider in another sequel. In a sense, a pseudo-sequel, you could say, or a spiritual successor, like, successful, successor, like, sequel, in a sense, for his character. Who fucking knows? I'm sorry for swearing, but... Anyways... I'm sort of going on a bit of a rant here and a tangent, but I am going to go, um, anyway, sorry about the tangent. I'm going to get back to the actual story and everything else because it's set at the time in the early 1850s or so, Mephistopheles, the demon himself, Sends his bounty hunter of the dam, the Ghost Rider, to retrieve the contract of San Venganza. It's this town in the middle of the desert, it looks like, in New Mexico or Arizona. I'm not too certain on where. Or it is somewhere in the southwestern U.S. He decides to send the Ghost Rider, who is, at this time, one Carter Slade. Whom goes there to con- retrieve the con- contract of these... Corrupt souls that are up to thousands, I believe, seeing that the agreement with power, like, would bring his power on, like, bring hell on earth. The rider refuses to uh, bring with him, like, to give it to him and runs off with it. This is the only time that the rider has outrun the devil himself, according to the story. Now, why would he do such a thing? Why? Why would you do such a thing to the devil? Like, why would you want to outrun him like that? Why would you want to do such a thing overall? Why? What's the end game? Well, no one really knows for certain on why as of yet. But I do know the reason why I will reveal later on. Mostly because of the fact that, one, it's not necessary to talk about now, but it will be talked about later on, like I mentioned. Now, we jump forward to 1986, where Mephistopheles reaches out to a 17-year-old named Johnny Blaze. After his uh, show that he did with his father, Barton Blaze, he finds out that his father is not doing too well. He has lung cancer. He doesn't look like he's going to do too well overall and last any longer. He's very horribly sick, and he has kind of been keeping it away from Johnny. He offers Johnny a cure, a cure to his father's cancer in exchange for his soul. The next morning, Johnny awakens to discover his cancer has been cured. He's healthy as a horse. But um, when his father is about to do a stunt, he passes away while doing the said stunt from nasty burns that were sustained in this accident. Um, Johnny runs off because he can't deal with it and comes at a crossroads where he does come face-to-face with Mephistopheles again, whom I should mention is played by the legendary Peter Fonda, if I did not mention this already about this, but Mephistopheles is played by Peter Fonda. 
And as he uh, makes the deal, he says, you're mine, Johnny, please. Forget about friends, forget about family. All that sort of junk. And it's just like, wow, that's intense. So it later jumps to about mm, several years later, I think right after that incident. And um, pretty much... I'm wrong. I'm wrong. After that actually happens, Mephistopheles' son, Blackheart, comes to Earth to seek aid from the Hidden. Three fallen angels bonded with the elements of air, earth, and water named Gressel, Wallow, and Abigail, respectively. And they want to try and find the lost contract of Son Venganza to actually... Uh, take over the world themselves now we jump to 2007 after like during the same time where johnny's become a famous stunt rider with his motorbike he's tried to do a jump where it's several that like several hundred trucks i think several trucks i think 30 or so from one end of an arena to another he has an assy accent he finds himself crashing but survives it all and it's like, what the hell, dude? How did you survive that? But he survives it anyways, and people are just like, how the hell did that happen, man? Like, you should have taken a ragdoll after that. Like, you should have taken a dirt nap after that ragdoll, man. You should not be still here, but he is. And it's just like, wow, how did that work? But they're still just kind of... At this moment in time, still dumbfounded from overall how he survived. And it's like, I would be too if this guy survived the most ridiculous stunt. And he's still breathing. He's still kicking. And it's like, how the hell did that happen? You know? Like, how I wouldn't even be able to answer that properly. I feel like and it would just be just a shock just to try and answer that, you know? And, um, more or less case is with this he keeps on like trying to figure out what's going on overall and he doesn't know what to say about it he thinks something else is happening he doesn't know what we also see that he's um decided to try and talk to whomever in a sense and he finds himself doing another stunt and he also finds out, oh boy, something bad's about to happen because he's talking to himself and he's saying he can't live in fear, that's that, and the other thing. And he also notices that his bike is doing some weird things that he's not normally uh, privy to. As he decides to look further into this, he also notices his bike is not as normal as it should be, it seems. It seems to have taken a mind of its own on him and he doesn't know how to describe it. it it's kind of freaking him out a little bit he finds out that Mephistopheles needs him for a job because well Mephistopheles is the one that is now in control of him he has no real way to control it all he has to deal with this and go after Blackheart and he even told if you go after him and you do what I ask you getting your soul back and he's like i don't want to do this you don't have a choice johnny you you did you signed a deal man you signed it you signed it over to him you're 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 screwed man you got to do the job 
So he finds that he's stuck doing this. And, um, yeah, he finds himself stuck doing this job that he doesn't want to do. He finds his bike transforming as well on him. He doesn't have a real way to take control of that, which is kind of a shock to him. And he's seeing it turn on, like, turn it up, like, just go completely nuts on him. He doesn't know how to describe how nuts it is. Even I couldn't right now. But he's having this happen to him, and he's just like, how the hell am I going to explain this to Roxanne, my ex-girlfriend, who I really have an, uh, a, a, a thing for. Like Before, like she was going to be taken off because um, her dad wanted her to not be near Johnny at all. And that's something I forgot to mention. She's played by Eva Mendes in this film. And, um, well... I need to stop saying um so much, but also the fact is that this, um, sorry, again, I keep on mentioning that. The only thing is, the fact is that this piece of what's going on with him causes him to have his entire head just become a flame. It's ridiculous. It's just, holy crap, this is nuts. And it's just like, holy, how does it work, you know? Like, I just don't know how to describe it. It's just, holy. It's just an absolute mess and a half of what's happening to him. It's like, a, it's like honestly, a reference to turn, like, to what would sooner or later be turning red. It feels like turning red had a reference to this overall, but it does not, actually. But whatever. It is one of those things. Have a. I thought I'd at least make a little bit of a drink for myself. This drink is not. This drink is not sponsored, and it will not be sponsored by, and not mentioned at all by anyone who is listening to this podcast. You will not find out what the drink is because it is not your. It's not your place to find out what it is at this moment in time. But just know that tomorrow, what we see Patrick is, is you are hearing this recording. It is drink myself right now. And anyways, as this uh, transformation takes over for Johnny, he's kind of learning the hard way what it means to be the devil's bounty hunter in a sense. Because he finds himself against all against Blackheart and his three cronies overall, and uh, well, it doesn't look very good for him. If I'm honest, it does not look good for uh, young Johnny Blaze here. But at the same time, what can I say? It looks like he's kind of hooped one way or another. But uh, at the same time, he could not be. Who knows? He might be able to save himself. But I do not know 
at this moment in time if he's going to be able to at all. He might be kind of just screwed overall with the situation that he's stuck in. But honestly, at the same time, he may not be. He might actually be able to survive this all. Who really knows, eh? Who knows, who knows, who knows. Basically, he finds himself stuck in this situation where he gets himself run over by a truck. He gets himself, um... Run over the truck by... I believe it was Russell was driving it. He was transformed and um, finding himself doing this such such uh, issue. And um, yeah, overall he does find himself doing this. Um, he also finds himself dealing with the fact that he's also transformed into such a beast, or whatever you want to call it, like such a supernatural being, he also has to deal with the fact that he's this person now, like he can't really be himself anymore, he's missing his date with Roxanne, after he's on a field goal, the field goal stunt, and uh, got a date with her, and all this, and I'm kind of going all over the place, I'm very sorry for that, but basically he's going through all this, he, um, he's at Mephistopheles on this. He kills Abagor and like well not Abagor. He actually kills um, whoever it was, Gressel, I mean, and then he uses his uh, most powerful move of all time in the story in the comic books mostly, called the Penance Stare, which is um, a power that uses that causes mortals to feel all the pain that they cause others, searing their soul. On on a he does this on a street thug, and. He does this, and he also kind of saves Rebel Wilson, which was kind of interesting to see. I didn't know that was Rebel Wilson at the time, but it was nice to see her be saved by uh, Johnny Blaze, in a sense. But the way it's done is like, look into my eyes. Your blood is stained by the souls of the innocent, or something like that. Like, your soul is stained by the blood of the innocent, feel their pain sort of thing. Like, it's very cryptic and very weird. But it's also kind of cool to see him just kind of go nuts on some punk and use his power like this just to, like, like, kind of save some girl from being mugged, which is kind of interesting to see overall. Like, this girl's about to get mugged and she gets saved by Ghost Rider, which is the most weirdest thing about it. But it's, it's funny to me to see this overall. As daytime approaches, he finds himself near a graveyard where he meets... The caretaker of it, whom comes up with a real nice way to say hello to someone who just turned into Ghost Rider and doesn't know what the hell's going on with the term morning bonehead. And the person that is playing the caretaker, if you can hear me, is uh, Sam Elliott. And I'm sorry for this sound of running water, ladies and gentlemen. It is because I have to fill up this ice cube tray for this said mixed drink that I just produced myself so I'm pretty sorry for that noise but he wakes up the next day feel, like still feeling like his skull's on fire he feels like he's okay but he's not too certain and he's having to deal with the, the situation of what happened to him and he's trying to figure out what I should do what he could do and what he can't do the caretaker tells him all the things that he needs to worry about that he's now the devil bounty hunter 
and everything else that comes with it. He has all these certain things he needs to worry about. He has this hell cycle of sorts. He has this demonic yet intense chain he can now use. And he can't be in your family or what have you. He needs to be very careful on what he does. Because if he isn't, he's going to be in very deep trouble sort of thing. And um, he finds what happened the, the previous night to find out, oh, no way. He sees that uh, Roxanne is reporting the, like reporting on the previous night's events on the news. He tries to control his... And he finds her... He just kind of sees her just be told off by her. And she says, sorry, man, I'm, I'm out of here. You are just as bad as my father remembers you as. And it's just like, wow, such hatred. So she decides to come by and apologize, and he tries to, after he's trying to control his power, he tries to explain what's going on, after the caretaker's already told him his history and whatnot, and he even mentions that it'll keep on happening again and again, especially at night when there's an evil soul, and he try, and uh, Roxanne tries to control, like, comes to visit him before she leaves town. And, she re- and he reveals himself as the devil's bounty hunter. And she just walks away just unconvinced and in total disbelief of what she's been told. And after a brief imprisonment for the murders that Blackheart has committed, Johnny like uh, finds himself in the jail, like I said. And now he finds himself uh, dealing with Abigor. The only one that I could say was one of my favorites out of the villains in this film. Because it was a lot of people, but I gotta say... I think Abby Arad has too many has some uh, loose screws sometimes because he just has a lot of um, things going on. But yeah, this is Anyways, as that happens, he finds himself trying to find Roxanne again. After he's killed Abigor and escaped from the police, he returns to the caretaker, who tells him his predecessor was Carter Slade, a Texas Ranger who hid the contract from of San Vangaza, and um, talks about how he was the one 150 years or so ago, and says that he knows all about this sort of thing. That he may be dead right now, but he's still someone that you should kind of uh, look further into a little bit more. And when Roxanne comes to find that, um, comes to find Johnny, Blackheart comes there, kills Mac, his friend, and, and takes Roxanne hostage, intending to kill her if Johnny doesn't deliver the contract. Now, Johnny tries to use the pen and stare in just a such hilarious manner. Like, he tries to do it with the look into my eyes. And then, like, literally, Blackheart is just kind of whimpering and then starts to laugh. It's like, your pen and steering won't work on me, Ryder. I have no soul to burn. And it's like, oh, son of a bitch. It's such such a just a son of a bitch, you fucker, sort of move from him. But it's just so funny at the same time on how it's done. It's just, it makes me laugh. And, um... Anyways, after he does this, he decides to go back to find the cop to the caretaker room, 
tries to get the contract from him to save Roxanne. He even see, says he hit it in a shovel, telling Spade that he's more powerful than his predecessors because he sold his soul for love rather than greed before giving the contract. The caretaker then transforms with Blaze to actually reveal himself as Carter Slade. And he even said that maybe God is on your side, maybe not. But you're more powerful and unpredictable than Blackheart and Mephistopheles will ever think of you. And that's a good thing. You need to be unpredictable in this time. So he rides with him to San Venganza on his ghost-riding phantom horse. This hell horse, I guess it would be called. And uh, rides with him and leads him to San Venganza and gives him a lever-action shotgun before fitting farewell. And saying he's apparently fitting, like, um, shaking off the curse and fades into the dust as he rides away. And... Honestly, I liked Sam Elliott in this movie. I kind of wish we had a prequel involving him a little bit more, like a little bit more on him, maybe as a prequel with the Phantom Riders, if we ever got something like that. I don't think we ever will, because it's been 14, 15 years since this movie came out. Literally, it's been 15 years since this movie came out. As of tomorrow, like as of last month on the 17th, it's been 15 years. Oh my goodness, I did not believe, I don't believe that. Oh... I cannot believe that. I am quite stupid. But, um, yeah, after he does that, he finds himself dealing with the water angel, Wallow, and then gives Blackheart the contract. When he transforms into the rider to do him, his powers are then rendered useless at sunrise, but he finds himself being able to see Blackheart absorb the thousand souls and attempts to finish Johnny off, but he's distracted by Roxanne who uses the shotgun to separate them both. Johnny uses the shotgun with uh, his hell, like his ghost rider abilities to transform it into a hell riding shotgun of sorts and blows him away. And um, using his own body and shadow, he transforms again and uses the penance stare to render Blackheart into a catatonic state by burning all the corrupt souls within him and searing them completely. After he's done so, he finds himself kind of slowly but surely kind of not fading away, but still kind of not having as much flames around his skull. And mentioned to Evan, like to Roxanne, he's a bit of a monster. And she says, no, you're not. Like, you're not one. Like, Mephistopheles, again, as soon as he does that, Mephistopheles appears and declares the contract is complete and offering to take back the curse of the Ghost Rider from Johnny. But Johnny just says, I'm not, I'm determined not to let... Like anyone else make a deal, he declines and says, I will use the power against him, against all the harm that comes to the innocent, and says he will be a spirit of vengeance. And, um, Mephistopheles vows to make Johnny pay and disappears with Blackheart's body. Roxanne and Johnny find out that he now has a second chance and they kiss. He rides away on his motorcycle, preparing for his new life as the Ghost Rider. Now, I'm gonna say this movie had its moments of being. eh. At times, but I gotta say, this movie was a good rewatch. I loved it back when I first saw it all those years ago. And I still do love it to this day. I could watch this movie again and again, like I mentioned earlier in this recording. And I'm very sorry that there was a lot of noise going on in this recording for Midnight Movie Confessionals. I'm sorry. It is meant to be Midnight Movie Confessionals, not let's make a nightcap confessionals. But anyways, I am going almost to a half hour on this review, and I'm very sorry for the noise that was produced in this review that is unintentional. I don't try to make a drink before I make these reviews. I thought I'd make a drink while watching it, but I forgot to, so I thought I'd make one while recording, which was probably the dumbest move in my like, mind. But 
at the end of the day, I love this movie. I don't really want to give this movie a rating because I know I'm going to be biased. But this movie to me is still a classic. I can watch it again and again. But if I'm going to be unbiased and be a true critic for this movie. Because I'm going to also mention that I saw the Batman recently. That movie, oh my god. Oh, it was draining. This movie was a kick in the ass. A shot in the heart of adrenaline. Kick in the ass it felt like for me. This movie is a 9 out of 10. I don't want to be biased, but this movie, for all the superhero movies that are out there, that were in the early 2000s, some people will say this movie sucks completely, this movie's the whole, most the worst movie that ever came out, Mel, let them have their opinion, this is my opinion, I think this movie is amazing, maybe it's not an exact 9, but it's a 9 in my heart, okay, so I'm giving this movie, I know it sounds biased to give it a 9, but I absolutely loved this film. I don't know what else to give this movie besides a 9. I don't want to give it a 10 where it's just like, Oh my god, it's the best movie ever. Oh my god, oh my god. No, I'm not doing that. What I am doing is giving this movie a salt. I'm giving it its fair like use and everything else. I'm giving it its fair requirements of a review. I'm giving it everything it requires in this review to be fair and willing to talk about. Because you know what? There are times when a movie sucks. There are times where a movie's great. But I gotta say, six and a half for Batman. Mind you, but this movie is a nine. This movie is better than what I saw with the Batman. I did not find the Batman enjoyable. I could not. I could, I'll probably watch it again. I might be a little bit more tame on it, but that movie, oh my god, did it ever, like, just make it just so unbearable at times. Just to enjoy. It was difficult for me to just sit down and watch it. I don't know if I'll be able to sit down and be comfortable watching that movie again anytime soon. I, I, I know I will have to, but still, that movie just, holy mackerel. I know I'm going on a, on a tangent again with this movie. I'm sorry for that, everyone listening. That is not my intentions with these podcasts, but I had to get my thoughts out on a movie that I thought was great back in the day, and I still think is to this day. Maybe you think I'm, I'm wrong. Like I said, it's my opinion. It's my show. It's how I see it. I think if something, if I think something's great, and I think so, I'm going to tell you about it, and I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it. Now, this review will not be out until probably the following week. I'm not too certain on when this review will come out because I do have a few other reviews on the run, on the go right now. Too many irons in the fire, you could say. But at the same time, I still think I might have. Another one going on. This one might not come out right away when I review this. But again, this is being made on the 16th of March. So this might be released next week. It might be released the following week. I don't know when. When I decide to release this, I will release it with my utmost pride and enjoyment. I might just do it. I might release it for May. I don't really know. I'm looking at the calendar right now. It might be. For the month of May, it might be Marvel Month. I don't know when I'll do it. I just know when I decide to do it. When I decide to release this movie's review, it will be released at my own time frame. But until next time, everyone, I hope you all are enjoying the nice weather out there, wherever you may be. I am praying for everyone in Ukraine, as well as in Russia, for those that are suffering from the instances of what's going on in Russia. I'm very sorry for what's going on. 
for the citizens that are living in Russia that have no real, like, aren't involved per se. So I am very sorry for that. I'm, I'm sorry for you and I'm sorry for the citizens of Ukraine. But again, I'm sorry about that. I will move on. Until next time, everyone. This is Scott signing out and transmission.